Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Best Life Cafe. I'm Kathy Anello here with my co-host, Tim Pola. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? You know, it's a beautiful day, <laughs> quote Mr. Rogers, in the neighborhood. I mean, really, you know, I want to just say happy summer to everyone because for me, like, June is always the month of, like, summer and change, and you kind of look forward to the next three months. What am I going to be doing out there in the next, you know, three or four months? And people are just generally happier in June, July, August, and September. It's just the weather and the fun things that you're doing. And so I just want to say happy summer to everybody, and I want to apologize in advance because I don't have my headphones today, so if my volume or anything goes up and down, I apologize. Yeah, it's all your fault, Kathy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Kathy, so <laughs> speaking speaking of summer, you just got back from a beautiful vacation. Tell me, was it refreshing? Do you feel recharged? What's, what's the deal? It was. A, amazing, but uh, what I really did was just kind of go, after tax season, you have to escape because people won't let you escape. Like, I would have been busy all week if I'd stayed home. And so I have to, like, escape from, you know, work, my coworkers, my kids, my, like, everything. And so I really just went down, I slept, I read, I ate, I walked on the beach, I ate, I slept. I read, I walked on the beach. I mean, really, that's what I did. And, you know, I did a little bit of shopping, um, but at at Mystic Journey Crystal Shop, you know, and I got some shungite, and I got, like, just some stuff that really just fed my own soul. And I spent a lot of time by myself, which uh, I was staying with my brother. He has three kids, which can get, you know, three kids, let's face it. It's it's chaos always. But, I mean, they're adorable, and it's great, and they're the best hosts, and they have a beautiful home in Beverly Wood. And so... You know, I would kind of, like, get up and do my morning stuff with them, and then we'd go our separate ways. And I'd go do my thing, and then I'd come back. And my brother is a great cook, so he would cook these fabulous dinners every night. And then I would just sit at their pool and read, which I never get a chance to read a book. And I'm doing a lot of research right now, so it was just really, really uh, feeding my soul. And when I posted that picture on Instagram or, you know, of myself, I was like, you know, I'm not a big selfie girl. But when I was doing pictures, I was like, wow, like, I feel relaxed now. And you could see it in my face. And so that was why I posted it. It was just like I wanted to remember that this is the bliss that I'm looking for, you know, on the daily. And you lose sight of that in, in any project in anybody's life. When you're, It's like I always think of harvest either for the pot grower or for the wine guy, you know, because, like, when you harvest hits, you're on for 29 days straight, 12 days, 12 hours, like 15 hours a day. You cannot stop because that plant must be harvested. And it's the same with taxes. It's like you've got to get everything done in a short amount of time. So you have to separate and, and you have to take time for yourself. So I did, and it was wonderful. And I'm really happy to be back. And I went, I came back early and went straight to the lake house and spent two days on my paddleboard, which was the best way to kind of end the week. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It looked like you were enjoying yourself out there. I'm, for sure. And I'm I'm really very happy that you got found some time for that self-love, right? You got to unwind the mind from all of the chaos mm-hmm. that is taxes. By the way, thanks for doing what you do because there's no way an average human being can like <laughs> figure out any of that baloney. Holy Lord. So 
So, so let's so to the to our listeners, I got to tell you. So I called Tim yesterday because we haven't really talked in a week. You know, we I think we had a quick quick text when you, I was gone, and and then um, I said, okay, so let's. Uh, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, let's talk about relationships. And I was like, sure. And then like an hour went by, and I was like, wait, is he sure he wants to talk to me about relationships? Because like. Not only am I a complete uh, uh, expert on them, but I am also a complete failure in them. And so it's like I have so much to say about relationships. But then I called you, and we kind of talked about what was going on for you and why that was important. Recently, I have had several beautiful women tell me their story. And they were steeped in pain. Lots of very traumatic things happened. And they got stuck in these cycles of um feeling less than, and also being controlled, very controlled and manipulated, um, which, you know, part of me believes that that comes from uh, a lack of self-love, right, and a lack of awareness to it. But as me and you have got into it a little bit, there's other things that are there that make it very difficult to leave something like that. And I think that one of the reasons today that I wanted to bring this up and have a conversation about this is because everyone deserves that divine relationship, that sweet, sweet love for themselves and in a relationship. So that is what I want to talk about. Well, I mean, I I feel like, you know, with relationships, and and obviously we're talking about romantic relationships, but it also kind of can spill over to any relationship that you have. Uh, the, The first thing you have to have in a relationship is, especially romantic, is trust. And and that's kind of an overused, you know, quote, unquote, you got to have trust in a relationship. But if you don't have trust, if there's jealousy, if there's suspicion, and even if it's from your other wounds, you know, like your past wounds, anybody who puts you in a position to have to answer to them, you know, where were you? Why were you? Why were you talking to them? Why did you like their Facebook post? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that just puts you consistently in a place of being on the defensive. And there's just no room for that in a healthy relationship to always defense in my past relationship with, you know, we'll we'll just say crazy ex-boyfriend. But uh, I lived in a constant state of defensiveness, you know, and I was always defending everything I did, every person I talked to, everything that I every way that I acted. And so the first thing for me looking forward to a relationship is trust who I am and that I know what I'm doing and I'm a big girl, you know, you're a big boy, like do your thing. (laughs) I trust you. Yeah. And I, you know, also I know we've talked about in the past that um, we have to go through certain things to become the, the best being that we can be. And also especially for you, um, it, as an author, you know, like you get to tell your story, you get to write it out and allow other people to see what, what unhealthy relationship looks like and, and how those things can be changed and the things that you can do for yourself to empower yourself. And one of the comments that both these, uh, girls made to me were, was that there would be a really crummy instance that happened and would break them down. They'd be walking on eggshells. They would feel just so unloved. And then they would, their partner would come to them and be like, oh, I love you, babe. Oh, I'm so sorry. I will never, ever do it again. Like, oh, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Oh, I love you so much. 
And so they, one of them called them a love bomb. And so there would be like this long distance in between this, you know, all the mis, mis, misleading conduct of, of what a relationship shouldn't be. And then all of a sudden the love bomb, which made them feel good again and wholesome. But part of me thinks like the breaking down, if I break someone down enough and give them just a little a bit of love, it, it, because at that point in time, when you're broken down, you don't have self-esteem. You don't believe in yourself. You don't know that you're in charge of your life to some extent, right? You know, there's a lot of places I can go with this. But you this take it wherever you want, girl. Well, well, you know, the love bombing is a complete, having lived it, you know, it, and I know that there's women and men out there who, who live it. I think women in a different way because we always have sort of that fairy tale, you know, run up on the white horse, swoop me up, and you're going to make all my problems go away. And I think when you're dealing with an abusive person, that is their first move, is the white horse, and I will rescue you. And then you have a person who's an empath or a codependent, like myself, who's just like, great, you know, like, I don't have to do anything now because you're going to be the one. And then they come in and they sweep you off your feet. And then it switches where you think, oh, well, that's a behavior I don't like, but I can fix that because you're a fixer. You're, you know, you're a codependent. You're going to make sure that they're always happy. And this cycle happens where it's, it's, it's hard to explain unless you've lived it, but it is a matter of a manipulation. And what they do is they manipulate the situation so you feel bad for them for what they have done to you. And then you try to fix it. And once that cycle continues to go around and around, you're in it and you're stuck and you don't know how to get out. Because the love bombing is like, you know, here's a new car. We're going to Hawaii. Uh, I bought you new boots. Uh, You know, I could throw, you know, make you a list of the gifts that I got during the cycle of love bombing, you know, that were extravagant. And I would be like, okay. Oh, you know, and it was me doing it to me, you know, like allowing that cycle to continue that really when I have done all the healing that I've done on that relationship, it was like, wow, I did this to Kathy. I could say it was him, but I knew it. I watched it. I lived it and I allowed it. And I have to tell you, that was one of the things that made that the girls took responsibility to some extent for allowing that behavior. And I was very proud of them because. It's never, this person is doing this to me. It's like, I'm doing this to me too. I'm allowing this to happen to some extent, right? Like, of course, when you're in the middle of it, like a bad relationship is a bad relationship. I have been in bad relationships. I have been taken advantage of like time and time again. I've learned, however, what, what a healthy relationship should be. And obviously we're still learning, right? Like it, you never stop. And if you do, you might be dead. I don't know. So always learning. Yeah. So okay, um, what is a healthy what does a healthy relationship look like to you? So this morning I sat down with a pen and paper and I was like, I'm gonna write out what a healthy relationship looks like and what an unhealthy relationship looks like. And mind you, I'm I have no training, but I just you know, I know what love feels like. So what does a healthy love look like? It has a strong foundation of respect, love, honesty, and loyalty. It is understanding, communicative, supportive, a safe place to be. 
The power dynamic is shared. Each person remains independent of the other. This means, among other things, that the compromise is equal. It's not always one or the other getting their way. And lastly, it is compassionate and kind, and it encourages growth. How'd yeah. I do? All those things. You know, I think, I mean, I could really just say, you know, I think a healthy relationship has a great deal of passion. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, yeah, you've got to have passion. But I, I feel like passion, and not just romantically and sexually, I'm just talking about passion for what the other person is doing. Like, you know, like, like I'm a writer, so you want, I want a partner that's just like, you're writing, like, go write, go create, like, go be that person and, and, and put that passion into your work. And, and then the passion of romantic, you know, coming together and being able to share that life with each other and being passionate about what each other is doing. And so I feel like there's passion that has to be in it. And then one of the things that we were talking about last night that really hit me when I was having a conversation with someone very close to me about relationships was thriving. And if and you want to be able to be in a relationship with your partner where both of you are thriving, you're working towards goals together, you want to share that with each other. And you you thrive together because you're so good for each other in the sense that you're allowing each other growth. You're allowing each other your own personal joys. You're allowing each other to make those mistakes. And, and then you're just there for them. It's not like you're going, I told you, and look at you. Look what you did. Oh, my God, of course you did that because you're a da-da-da-da-da. You're an idiot. You're an asshole. You're a this, you know. And 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 that happens in a lot of relationships. Like I, I'm not just talking about the one I was. I'm talking about I've had other people who say, you know, I'm tired of being called names or I'm tired of being put down for my beliefs or I'm tired of, you know, but they don't do anything about it. And you're stuck. You know, that goes back to this cycle that we get in that we don't know how to get out. So you say that they never change. Obviously, you're bringing up these these issues. And when you do bring up these issues, does it change for a minute? Does it change for like a day? Is there any attempt in that? Because the question I would have for you is then what would, like if it never changed, what was the hold? Like why hold so tightly to something that wouldn't hold you? Ouch. Okay. Let me just stab myself in the heart right now. No. <laughs> I love you, Cammy. I, as you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing research on, on why people stay because it was the biggest piece for me was 13 years of my life, nine of them fully present in the fact that I knew that I should not be in this relationship, and I can admit that now, but I'll tell you, one of the points that I came up with was what are people going to think when they find out the truth? What are the cheer moms that I was in cheerleading with and walking, holding his hand every day at, at practice? What are all the my clients when I bragged about who he was? Or what are all these people going to think when they find out the truth in my relationship? And that was a, a very superficial, very uh, ego-driven decision that cost me 10 years of my life. I actually think it was fear-based rather than ego. It was you were afraid. And maybe you were also just afraid to tell the truth to yourself because you didn't want it to be a reality. 100%. I mean, and that's I'm glad you said that because I think the biggest reason is that we fantasize these 
white horse relationships and they come in and they show you and they make you feel those ways and you're like, oh, my God, this is so great. And then you're kind of stuck in the cycle and the patterns. And then you have these, you know, relationship patterns where you're doing great and then you're, you know, cussing each other out and then you're doing great and then you're cussing each other out. And at one point, the cycle just gets old. For me, I was like, that was it. That was the last time I will be in this cycle. I had no idea what was to come after that, but, you know, breaking up is hard to do unless you're not with a sociopathic narcissist. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And and also at that same time, if you're in a relationship where someone breaks you down continually, you don't actually feel like you deserve anything better, which makes it even right. harder to to leave those things. And I haven't physically been in relationships like that, but I've, you know, a lot of my women friends have told me about these things. And, and you know, I'm always like, but why? I love you guys so much. It's like, what? Uh, but I have been in, like, a relationship where I, I request change and I have this conversation with a, a person and they'll change for a little bit. And it's very sweet and loving and it's like we have this deep, communication with each other and I, I express to her how I feel and she hears me well perceivably anyways right uh mm-hmm. and she she everything changes for about a day or two and it's all nice sweet and cuddle and then it it reverts to its origin and uh you know that can be difficult because uh, as you know spiritual beings we want love we need love. We're, we're social animals and we want to be in communion with each other. And I feel like you don't ever get in a relationship to get out of it, right? You're in it to win it. Like that's the whole point. And so th- at that point in time, you know, like you feel like your picker's broken or, or something like that. And you don't want to admit that it's true. You know, it took pretty much divine intervention for me uh, to get out of this relationship that I was in. Uh, like literally I was, I was manifesting and praying and my uncle Scott, who is like a life coach owns a ranch in Arizona. He randomly texted me like five minutes, 10 minutes after this, my, my thought process. And he's like, I want to meet you for coffee. And I haven't seen him for years. And we go down there and he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm like laughing and joking. He's like, are you? (laughs) And like, it just kind of started streaming. And then he made me realize that I was making a joke out of my relationship to feel okay with feeling. And then he started crying for me. And then I started crying. And I'm like, oh, God, what in the heck? And then he walked me through scenarios of how to get out of it. And later that night, I went home and I dealt with it. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. And I think that Part of it was uh, not thinking that I deserved better, which I know that we we all have a little bit of a complex like that sometimes, right? Where we don't think we're worthy of, of a higher love. And I think that, you know, it's part of the reason that I wanted to really have this conversation is that we're so deserving of whatever we believe we're deserving of. And I would love to see everyone raise their relationship game, you know, like step up to where you want to be. Don't lower your standards um, because when you do do that, you're going to get bummer results. So that's, you know. No, I love that. I absolutely love that. 
I mean, so many things came into my mind when you were talking. Uh, but the worthy piece is a really interesting piece because I, when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, did I, I used to say things like, I know I deserve better than this. You know, those were, that was my self-talk was like, Kathy, you know you deserve better than this. Why are you allowing, allowing a human to treat you this way, call you names, scare you, do all these things uh, that happen in abusive relationships? Uh, and, you know, I, I'm sitting here shaking my head when you're talking, thinking I can't say that it was because I didn't think I deserved better. I did think I deserved better, and that was the driving force. But after you're with somebody for a certain amount of time, so many years, and you have a home together and a life together, I went through the daily normalcies. What's for dinner? Do you have fresh clothes for tomorrow for work? You know, has the dog been fed? Who's going to walk the dog? Like all those daily things that people in relationships do. But there was always this piece of intimacy and desire and I don't mean sexual desire, I just mean desire to be in the same room, desire to, you know, cuddle up on the couch. And I always knew that that was missing and that I deserved to have that in my life. And it wasn't until many, you know, a year or two after that relationship ended that I was able to feel those feelings with somebody that I realized that that is what it is. Like you have to have that dynamic between two people to be together and to be able to have the worth because you want to give them as much love as they want to give you, you know, and it was always a dynamic of you're above me, you're above me, you're above me. What can I do to serve you? What can I do to serve you to keep you happy, to stop the eggshells, to da-da-da, and you didn't, we never met on the same level, and I think that you have to meet on the same level, and also I wanted to touch on you going back and, and dealing with it because a lot of women who stay, men who stay, uh, we don't deal with it. We can talk about it to our friends. We can talk about it on a podcast. We can listen to podcasts about it. We can read about it. We can know it. But we don't do that one piece, which is walk away and start a new life for yourself. That is where the, the rubber meets the road. Yeah, and that's right the then. scariest and most exciting thing that you can do for your life because you can't experience change and growth if you stay in the same place stagnant water becomes stagnant right like it's it's just right. sitting you are too and our well, natural tendency as yeah our natural tendencies as human beings is growth exponential growth uh i mean we start doing it when we're really little and then we grow physically but then we grow mentally and spiritually and all these other different dimensions of the human condition so um, Kathy, I want to ask you, what does unhealthy love look like? Uh, if you were to categorize it and like give a list of to the listeners and allow them to maybe see, give them perspective, like what does that look like to you? Well, unhealthy love is being afraid to speak up in your relationship. Unhealthy love is calling people names. Unhealthy love is really not wanting to to do anything nice for somebody. Like, you know, like you get into these relationships, resentment in a relationship, resenting people for either how they've acted or what they're doing that you're not, you know, like fear of missing out. Oh, you're going to a baseball game and I'm not going, you know, and like, so an unhealthy relationship to me is holding a person back from living their life. 
And, I mean, the obvious is the abuse and the name-calling, and if it's a physically abusive situation, obviously that's super unhealthy. And, there, you know, during the research that I've been doing for my next book, there are so many people in these types of relationships that it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking for me because I was, you know, I feel like I'm a, what do you call it, survivor, uh, and I want to help other people know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And I should have ran. And so now when I see women saying, what should I do? I'm like, R-U-N. Like, just make that first step for yourself because it's going to be uncomfortable for six months to a year after you leave a relationship like this because you're, the, for the very first time, left with yourself, the self that was suffocated, the self that you didn't know anymore. And when I started to blossom into who I really was prior to the relationship, which goes back a lot of years, I was like, la, 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 la. So unhealthy is staying in a relationship that's making you feel, again, like you said, less than who you can be and who you are and afraid to speak up and just be fear. You know, if you have a fear in a relationship, if you're afraid of your partner coming home and finding out that you didn't do the laundry, if you're afraid of your partner, you know, finding out that you chatted with somebody on Facebook, even if it was innocent, like, there shouldn't be that in a relationship. That's not a relationship because my guy is going to be like, oh, great. Oh, that's cool. You didn't do the laundry? Great. Let's just take it to the laundromat together. You know, whatever it is, like, chill, chill, chill. Anyways, yeah, I could go on for days on yeah. healthy, but – no, that's great. That, that was really good. I, cause I wrote a list of things here and I think you hit on most of them. I just want to, I want to read this, but also yeah. one of the things that you said, you, it like real true love is not jealous. Um, and, and that's something that wasn't on our list. And I think that is a very important thing to know because the world needs more love, not less love. And that means more connection. And if you have, and you're in a relationship that's jealous, then love is stifled to some extent, like oh, personal okay. relationships. And so I'm going to just go ahead and read down my list here to, yeah. to wrap this up, and then we can move forward. But so unhealthy love looks like it lacks trust. It resents growth. It disregards boundaries. It's based in lies. It's manipulative. It makes you feel like you have to walk on eggshells. It's controlling. It lacks lacks empathy and compassion. It destroys self-esteem. It's focused on blame and you feel controlled and manipulated constantly. I wish I wish you guys could see Kathy's face right now. (laughs) Right. Well, my friends are like, "Mm -hmm, we know exactly what her face looks like. I I mean, I feel like, you know, I've also had healthy love, so I can't say that I've, I've only been in, a, in an unhealthy relationship. I just allowed myself to be in an unhealthy relationship for far too long. And so now, I mean, I don't know, like my standards are pretty high. And when you were touching on boundaries and what did I, I would want women who are wondering, you know, should I stay or should I go, it is about setting boundaries for yourself and saying, hey, you know that name you called me? You don't get to do that anymore. And if you do, I am going to cut you off. And then you have to stick with that boundary that says, hey, that's right. You told him he couldn't do that anymore. And he he did. Now what are you going to do? Put your money where your mouth is. And once you start having boundaries about how somebody can treat you, they're either going to fall in line with that 
or you're going to have to walk away and serve yourself and show yourself that you're worth not being called that name. And, and I won't say what name it was, but I could tell you that the first time it happened, I was like, and we're talking year three, I said, huh, if that ever happens again, I'm out of here. I remember the thought. I remember where I was. I'd never been called a name like that. It was completely foreign to me because I hadn't had that type of a relationship. I had been in an abusive, but it was not emotionally abusive, you know. And I let that person call me that name a thousand more times. A thousand. Mm. Ouch. So, yeah. So well, I if you- stick to my boundaries. And it cost me 10 years of my life. And so now it's like when I see a red flag, I'm like kind of a deal breaker. Because if you're going to raise your voice or yell at me or try to manipulate the situation and turn it around to be my fault instead of owning your shit, then you're not for me. And I can just go like this. Like it is so easy for me now. Now I don't care if I love you. I can love you forever, but you're not going to treat me that way. It's just not going to happen. But that took three years of, of a lot of work here in the last three years of healing. Yeah. And, you know, when when you talked about, like, leaving the relationship, that uncomfortable feeling, um, that that is healing that's taking place, period, right? Like, that is mm-hmm. pure healing. And, and getting back to the roots of who you are, um, I have lost myself in relationships where I would go do these things, like hiking all the time. And then I'd be in relationships where my partner was like, no, I don't really want to. I just want to sit here and read a book or whatever. And I'd be like, come on, let's go. And um, so then I kind of stopped hiking for a while. And then I got out of the relationship and I said, why did I do that? Like, that's a healthy activity. <laughs> I love being outside. I love taking photos. Like, why, why, am I, why am I sacrificing that part of me? And then, like I said, it took a while to find myself again. I, I feel... Like, I'm still finding myself, you know, through these processes of relationship. And um, I'm grateful. I am super grateful for, for all of the, the ups and downs, the hills, the valleys, because I couldn't have this conversation with you right now if I hadn't been through it. And I sincerely hope that this conversation reaches a bunch of people that are, that are just looking for confirmation that maybe I need to do something different. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, the Best Life Cafe is about living your best life. And, and, you know, this is tackling, this is actually just tapping the surface of a really big conversation that's happening in America right now. And that is that narcissism is the new buzzword. Like you can go on TikTok or anything and you're going to get a hundred different things where people are like living with a narcissist and what happens with a narcissist. But here's the key, and this is from Conversations with God. I want to say this is book one. But when I read this, and I'm talking way pre, you know, crazy acts, uh, this always stuck with me. And it says, let each person in a relationship worry about self. What self is being, doing, and having. What self is wanting, asking, giving. What self is seeking, creating, experiencing. And all relationships would magnificently serve their purpose and their participants. Let each person in relationship worry not about the other, but only, only, only about self. And it's, it's like 
if I had just let that absorb me, I would have saved my myself. Like you say, you're happy for this experience is because you're here today. And I'm like, yeah, and wow, what if I would have just left 10 years ago? What would I be what would I be worth? What would I be able to offer today? I mean, I wouldn't be able to offer the vast knowledge that I have now to other women and men who are living in these unhappy relationships. But I have people really close to me in unhealthy relationships, and I try to just be a sounding board because you also can't really give people relationship advice. I mean, they have to come to their own terms on what is this doing to me? What is this doing right. to me? And then I'm I'm just going to read one more thing because I really wanted to get this out for women and men out there who are wondering about walking away from an abusive relationship. And it says, as a practical matter, leaving esoteric aside, if you look to what is best for you in these situations where you are being abused, at the very least what you will do is stop the abuse. And that will be good for both you and your abuser, for even an abuser is abused when his abuse is allowed to continue. And you think That'd about that. You, awesome. There's no way you're happy telling somebody they're a piece of shit. Like, you can be that person, but deep <laughs> down, how can that make you a happy, living my best life person? Nah, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. That's, so walking yeah, away from the takes, abuser, you're doing two people a favor. <laughs> yeah, and mainly yourself because, you know, self-love is so important. And, you know, I I preach that all the time, I feel like, on, on this show anyway. like. It starts with you. The love that you have for yourself is where you're met when you meet someone. And if you're not fully, like, involved with yourself in, in spiritual matters, mental matters, you know, like how you are psycho- psychologically, you, you will meet someone that matches your vibration. And so you get to come into contact with where you're at. And so I want everyone to reach a little higher and spend a little bit more time, you know, cultivating self. And, you know, also, don't be afraid to be alone. (laughs) Here's the other thing that, well, what happened for me, besides that, I was like, okay, like, I'm this, like, over 50 woman, and what am I going to do, and who am I going to meet, and how I'm going to have a life partner at this age, you know, it's too late, it's too late in the game, and so this is what I'm going to accept, because this is what it is. I was more afraid to just walk out the door uh, than I was to stay in a, in a kind of scary relationship. And that is a, a wide eye-opening thing for me when I look back. It's like, what if I had just not been afraid to leave? I mean, I, have good, I had good reason after seeing what happened after I left, what that person was actually capable of. But uh, so I say this lightly to people, you know, plan your exit. Like, had I planned my exit just a little bit better and really took care of myself so that when I walked out the door, you know, you have to sort of say, I need a house and I need a car in my own name and I need money in the bank and I need, you know, or a a bank account that's not being controlled by the other person or, you know, that we're sharing. Like, there's things to independentize yourself. I don't even think that's a word, but independentize. I actually Uh, love that word, independentize. It's my new favorite word. Hey, you to make up a word because I'm the makeup word girl. Uh, but so independentize yourself in the way that you, if if something happened tomorrow to that person, you'd be able to stand alone. And so standing alone is so important for yourself because you're going to be alone for a period of time. 
And and also once once I was alone and I got to know that Kathy that was there, you know, in 2002, uh, I was I, I became very content of being with being alone, and almost to the point where boy, he's going to have to have some pretty big shoulders to get into this world, you know. He's going to have to be an ace guy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would just like to say about the being alone is it is the most fertile ground for healing and transformation. And you can't heal inside of a broken relationship. You can only do it by yourself. It's so, hard. It's hard you know. for people to do. It's it's a hard thing. And I don't take it lightly and and you know, I can giggle and, and you know, passive you know, passively laugh about it, but the truth is Leaving your life, especially if you have kids, like I can't even touch on that because I see couples who stay together for, you know, and they tell me, well, I've got kids and I'm not going to leave my kids and I'm not going to do the Saturday dad thing. And I'm not, you know, and I'm like, I get it. You know, like I totally understand. So then keep that shit away from your kids. If you're going to choose to stay in this relationship, don't teach them what you're going through. Keep it away from them. And if you right. make that one commitment, I support you staying. You know, if you can just commit to, like, if you have your bullshit outside, of the, but don't do it in front of the kids because then we're repeating the cycle for them. And then they grow up right. in that relationship and think it's normal. And that's how women treat men. And that's how men treat women. And that's the problem is that generational that's, pattern that come down. Yep. That's exactly the problem. We repeat what we see. And if we're mm-hmm. if the parents are fighting in front of us, then that becomes an okay thing because that's what happens, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's that's just this normal. This is how relationships and, are supposed to be. Yeah. And and not that people aren't going to fight occasionally, but if you're in if you're in a constant like uh, magnetic push away, but trying to stay together, it becomes very difficult. And there's a lot of tension in that pressure. Um, the Rubik's Cube. How can I make this fit? Yeah. You know, no. <laughs> Kid, put the block down, girl. Walk away. Yeah, exactly. But I don't say it lightly. I say that if anybody out there listening needs support or help in this arena, like you can DM me on Instagram, uh, Kathy Anello. You can DM me on uh, Facebook. You can, you know, you can reach out for help and if you need someone to talk to because I feel like the only reason that I can come up with for going through the experience that I went through is to share this and help people walk away. And that's what my work is right now. And so it is what it is. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, and I hear a lot of different things where people are like, let go of your story and you don't need to tell your story. And I don't need to, I don't need to justify it. I I do. So, (laughs) you know, like, I'm like, okay, Kathy, well, you do need to tell your story and you do need to justify it because that's my work right now. And if I can help one person, then, then at least it's not in so, you know, in vain for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I agree with you that the reason that we go through these things is so that we can tell our story, right? Like that is a very vital thing because we're social animals. And we learn from one another. Uh, writing is the greatest way to allow information out or a video blog or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you really don't know in this digital world how you can impact someone's life almost effortlessly. So telling your story is important. I do think that holding on to it where you're highly charged emotionally is not healthy. But 
letting go is a very important thing. Just let go. Just be, come back to center and find yourself. And, you know, I send everybody lots of love out there that are, that are in difficult relationships and hope that uh, our little podcast here today has brought you some clarity and maybe a way out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say that what was coming up for me during that was like, I never wanted to tell my story. And that's one of the biggest reasons I stayed because I knew that when the exit became public knowledge in our small little town and it really did happen, people were like, oh my God, you guys, like you're the mainstay, you know, and then all these falsehoods came out and then, you know, I never wanted to tell my story. I never still wanted to. It took me three years to, like, I literally start my book saying, this is a story I never wanted to tell. And, but the truth is that it happened for a reason, and it's going to help somebody else. And so, yeah, here it is. Stay tuned. Yeah, girl. Come to to a bookstore near you. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. So, uh. I'm looking forward to seeing it finished. And uh, so, okay, so one thing we'll leave with is uh, if you could, what is one quality that you think, just one of the, uh, the most important quality in a relationship uh, for you that a person would have to have to be your girl? Oh, man. I think that uh, a really important one would be that they keep their word. So when they say they're going to do something, they do it. Uh, obviously, there's there's a lot of things that come to mind, but I think that, you know, the things that we say either to one another or promise, like, if you can't keep your promise, that's a big deal. Right? Yeah, that is. Okay, how about you? This is a great way to end it right here. Okay, what's, what is, yeah, what is, is the one is actually, thing? Actually very, for me, the most important quality in a relationship is laughter. I know yeah. that's crazy, but if you can make me laugh and we can giggle together until tears are rolling out of our face and we're rolling on the couch and we can't look at each other because we're just like, you know, giggling, like to me that is probably the funnest that I've had in a relationship so, you know, laughter is really important. You've got to be able to laugh at yourself. You've got to be able to laugh at the other person. You've got to be able to laugh at other people together. You've got to be able to laugh. So laughter is a huge piece for me. Uh, it's high on the list for me, laughter. I think, that's, I think that one's great. Actually, I, love, I want to take that one. I don't want that one instead of mine because laughter <laughs> yeah, is And honesty. Awesome. I think you have to have honesty and communication, you know, being able to be of open course. and being not afraid to tell your partner the truth about what's going on in your life and what you're feeling. And that's a big, tall order. But if you can get there, then you're on the road to a super healthy relationship, however it turns out. Because if a relationship doesn't work, you also want to be able to say goodbye in the gentlest, most beautiful way. You know, and to not be able to do that because it's unhealthy, it kind of just leaves this uh, feeling in your body where you're like, wow, you know, I spent this much time with that person. I can't even say hello to them. Like, it's So, Ah. you know, you want to. Yeah. Clean. Okay. We got to go. We got a minute left. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Yeah. And remember to like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh, and as, as Kathy said, if anyone out there is looking for needing some assistance, she is here for you. So we love you all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And goodbye. All right. Have the best day.